And on that note, I, I will share with you that's part of our strategy is to truly leverage partners. Um, NetApp has a lot of positives, a lot of strengths, but we also welcome uh, partners because there's the power in numbers. We're learning from others, we're, we're exchanging best practices, um, and we're making an impact on the world. And, and we are, in fact, um, collectively trying to be the change we want to see in the world. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. In 2020, InterVision was moved to action. In the wake of George Floyd's murder, we committed to driving diversity and inclusion in our organization. We here at Status Go were also moved to action. We committed to amplifying the voices of our colleagues and bringing to you, our listeners, diverse guests, diverse perspectives, and diverse insights. As a part of that commitment, we are kicking off a new series exploring diversity initiatives within tech companies around the globe. The intent is to learn from each other what works and what doesn't. To our tech partners who are listening, if you have a story you'd like to share, reach out to us here at Status Go. We'd love to talk. Now, I can think of no better way to kickstart this series than by talking to our longtime partner, NetApp. Data is the North Star that informs NetApp's strategy and leads to more informed decision making. Their data and employee sentiment confirmed that NetApp needed to do better to drive greater hiring and retention of diverse talent. They also had to ensure that their workforce mirrored the communities where we live, work, and conduct business. Their strategy is embraced by senior leadership and includes a top-down and bottom-up approach. George Curian, NetApp's CEO, stated, we believe that the strongest and most creative teams have the best talent, are unified in purpose, and diverse in thought and background, representing the customers and communities we serve. To help nurture this culture, Curian turned to today's guest. Jerry Mason Hall is NetApp's first Vice President of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging. Welcome to Status Go, Jerry. Thank you, Jeff. It's a wonderful to be here, and I really appreciate you doing all your homework, especially on our CEO, George. <laughs> yes, he, he would appreciate that. I had the opportunity to, to meet him at a sales kickoff meeting several years ago and really enjoyed talking to him. Now, I want to dive into diversity, inclusion, and belonging, but what I would like to do first is introduce you to our listeners. I'd love to learn more about you. Take us on your career journey and how that led you to NetApp. So, yes, I started out as an attorney. Um, so often people say, oh, she's a recovering re attorney, in fact. <laughs> um, so my, and my legal work was focused on employment and labor law. 
And what I found oftentimes was that, wow, if someone had had a stronger HR partner or HR lead, they wouldn't be coming to me for advice and counsel on the back end of an issue. So that work evolved, um, again, from the legal focus on employment and labor law into the HR disciplines, a host of HR disciplines. And then that in turn included the focus on diversity, uh, which was back then diversity and inclusion, diversity, Mm -hmm. equity and inclusion. And now today we've evolved to diversity, inclusion and belonging. Well, that's exactly what jumped out at me when you and I were first introduced. I jumped over to LinkedIn to learn more about you. And before I could even scroll down, I saw the banner image, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. I have to admit, it piqued my curiosity. Belonging is such a human term. I have to admit, seeing it in this context was new to me. Would you walk us through the evolution that you were just talking about that brought NetApp to diversity, inclusion, and belonging? Yeah, so Jeff, you, you're not alone in that. Um, it, it gives pause to many. Um, I will say that it also is kind of falls in that same context of people who evolved from HR human resources into mm-hmm. thinking in terms of talent um, and, and the human, humanity of the workforce, if you will. But stepping backwards, you know, I, I've been at this work for quite some time. Um, which, you know, has its pros and cons because here we are still working at it. Yeah, um, yeah. But back in the early 2000s, the emphasis was in fact on diversity. So the sheer, um, in actually the sheer addition of a variety of people to the workforce. And so that was acknowledging our differences and the value um, that these differences brought to the workplace. And so really the focus again was on just adding more, more numbers, sheer representation. So that's the D in our diversity. And then over time we began to see, okay, well, it's not just good enough to bring more women or, or more racial ethnicity into the workplace. Because if you try to force that square peg into a round hole, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't get that return. And so we started focusing on inclusion. So now that I brought these new talents into my workforce, how do I ensure that they feel included? How do I ensure that those who have been here before them do in fact welcome with open arms and leverage those differences? So then we began diversity and inclusion, and you saw the titles, in fact, chief um, diversity officer involved to head of diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And then over time, we recognized the importance, and I think especially came up with the Me Too movement on equity. And so are our policies and practices equitable? Are we ensuring that when we have these different members of the team, that there aren't legacy things that are creating inequities across our teams? So now we're talking DEI, 
Mm-hmm. Fast forward, and I think this is especially, um, as you noted, uh, post-George Floyd's murder, um, there is a reset and a revisiting of the work that we're doing. And can't, we all came to the conclusion that not just being welcoming, but how do we enable everyone to thrive in this mm-hmm. new way of working, um, in this new coming together? And that's where we landed on belonging. We want everyone to thrive everywhere and feel like they belong here, that you want to get up in the morning, you want to start your day as a net apper, and you are, in fact, thriving um, every day. Well, we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about what are some of the things that you have implemented at NetApp that that help create that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find words fascinating, and, and I find the choice of words even more intriguing. Going back to your LinkedIn profile, it describes you as a thought leader and warrior for diversity. Thought leader, I get. Why warrior? What what are you trying to convey to the reader or in this case, our listeners? Yeah, so so that term, um, actually people called me that and I accepted <laughs> it as a compliment, uh-huh. uh, but it really does refer to uh, being an experienced soldier or fighter. Mm-hmm. And this work does entail fighting, fighting complacency, fighting old notions, old paradigms. Um, So there is a bit of a battle in this work on a regular basis. But warriors are also, you know, if if you look at some of the um, historical descriptions, they're also in service to their communities. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a bit of protectionism, but also, again, emphasizing that service. And so it's a balancing for me of fighting for the interest, fighting the old paradigms, uh, fighting again the, the, well, this isn't important or it's a fad, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that balancing of fighting and then in service to the greater good. And so really helping to educate and bring awareness and understanding as to why we do this work, why it is important to an organization to be inclusive, why we get greater returns when we're leveraging our differences and we are in fact including everyone, bringing everyone to the table as we address challenges. So all of that is the service um, arm, if you will, of Mm -hmm. educating and bringing greater awareness so that we can all thrive together. One of the emotions that I heard a lot uh, back a couple years ago, right after the murder of George Floyd, and uh, there was a a lot of conversation. And part of what I heard was that people were tired, Mm -hmm. um, um, that African-American colleagues were tired of having to teach Uh, and explain. Uh, Is that also part of this role of the warrior is to help um, give people the energy to tell the stories and and help teach 
what's going on and point out where things could get better? Yeah, a, a bit, but I, I would think that that reference to being tired was when the individual who is the other on the team is looked to for answers, for right. solutions, to be the voice, to always be educating when when the majority says, oh, I didn't know, I didn't understand. And so yeah. that person who's the other, be they Black, be they Latino, be they you know, transgender, whichever mm-hmm. group that is the difference and they're the one and only that they yeah. become the voice. And that is fatiguing. I've been that one. Um, I know it well, but it's a choice that I make. Okay, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to lead in this space. But other members of the team did not choose to be. They just want to be a program manager. They just want right. to be a chief engineer and not have to educate their peers um, and, and their team members on a regular basis. Yeah, th- they just want to do their job and not be that be that voice, be that warrior. Um, um, I, I've talked to several people that are just, th- this concept of being the only, uh, mm-hmm. it just uh, can wear you out. And I, I think that's important for those of us who are not the only to recognize in, in others, right? To to give them space uh, to rest, actually, uh, and, and rejuvenate. Uh, you know, I was reading LinkedIn the other day, and I, I saw a post from Dora Lutz of Giving Spring that showed a 530% increase in ESG, environmental, social, and governance related searches in just the last five years. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced that heightened focus with NetApp's board and investors? Uh, and, and if so, have, can you share a bit about what you've seen? Yeah. So in fact, um, many people look to that annual letter that comes from the BlackRock CEO. Mm-hmm. And this year, I, I was one who who recognized where he stated that those leaders who don't pay attention to these issues do so at their peril. And mm. I thought that spoke volumes. And I am I absolutely know uh, that these topics are of focus for our board. Um, I haven't been here a long time. I've, I've just completed my first year at NetApp, um, but it is absolutely in the time that I've been here, um, been top of mind for our CEO, our executive team, um, as well as the board. And so these are the things that they're absolutely discussing when they meet um, in the subcommittees, the talent committee, um, for example, as well as the broader board discussions. Uh, but this is absolutely top of mind. And, and you mentioned George Curian, and, mm-hmm. and he really did seal for me my interest in NetApp, his authenticity, his his growth mindset to say, Jerry, I'm not 100% clear on this issue. Help me learn more. So he is absolutely looking for those thought partners that enable him to be better and in mm-hmm. turn for NetApp to be better. Isn't that a great uh, leadership trait to be able to say, I'm not exactly clear on this issue. Help me learn more. Absolutely. I just think that's powerful. Yes. that uh, There's such power in acknowledging 
imperfections. Um, and to be quite honest, I, I am far more suspect of someone who thinks they know everything <laughs> <laughs> and thinks they're the expert. So I pride myself in surrounding myself and, and building teams of people that are smarter than me. I, I don't mm -hmm. want someone who's just uh, aligning 100% with me and co-signing everything I say, challenge me um, yeah. and help me be better and learn more. Yeah, we, we all know those uh, those people that come across as they, they know everything. And uh, it is so refreshing when you have a leader that admits this is an area that I need to learn. Uh, I, I opened up our our program today by talking about that occurring at Intervision. We admit we have a lot to learn. And that's one of the reasons why we have these conversations. And I want to applaud you, Jeff, though. It's partners like Intervision that's, that we greatly respect and how we can work together to bring our respective organizations, uh, raising that bar, how we can be better together. Uh, so, so I really want to applaud you in this as well. Well, well thank you for that. I, I, I think it takes this ecosystem to make changes, right? It can't be this company or that company. It has to be the tech industry or the broader uh, uh, business world. It's got to be everybody doing their part and learning from each other. And on that note, uh, I will share with you that's part of our strategy is to truly leverage partners. Um, NetApp has a lot of positives, a lot of strengths, but we also welcome uh, partners, again, like Intervision, but we also um, have a relationship with a, a group called CEO Action for Racial oh. Equity. And, and that was one where George said, you know, I, yes, I want to be all on board because there's the power in numbers. And yes. so this was a group launched by um, PwC, but well-represented tech, I mean, a variety of industries. Um, mm -hmm. And they've been a strong partner where, in fact, we're learning from others, we're, we're exchanging best practices, um, and we're making an impact on the world. And, and we are, in fact, um, collectively trying to be the change we want to see in the world. Yeah. I probably already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you extending this concept of of ecosystem of of partnering with people to your customers as well? Well, well, yes. I mean, in in fact, a lot of those organizations that we work with, our customers are members as well. Okay. And so there's both and there's partners, there's customers, there's potential customers. Mm -hmm. um, as, from my view, everyone's a potential customer. <laughs> uh, so there's always, I think sale, my sales team would love that, but I always. Yes, I think they would. Yeah. Yeah. So I, because it, these are, these are matters that resonate. Um, we're all in this world together. And yes. so those companies that again, be they partners, be they potential um, customers or current customers, 
they're navigating these waters just as we are. Some of them are um, ahead of us on their journey. Some are, are less mature in this space. And we are absolutely open to exchanging best practices, to learning from one another, um, and really you know, raising the bar in the tech industry together. Yeah, I I think that is uh, that that's such a great concept, and it, it brings these to my mind these visuals of of uh, you know arm in arm trying to affect change. Uh, one of the things that I'd like to do is to dive into some of the specific work that you've executed at NetApp. A, again, a great word choice. How have you helped to embed D, I, and B into the DNA of NetApp? Well, you know, one of the things that um, I think you kind of touched on is taking a a multi-angled approach, if you will. So, you know, so you have to know your organization. You have to know your culture. And so some organizations are very hierarchical. Uh, We are both and. And so Mm -hmm. it's a top-down, bottoms-up approach. We are leveraging our executive team. So that's George and his direct reports um, leading in this space. Our strategy is that my team, the DINB team, enables the organization, that we're not the ones who are alone doing everything in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the the top-down. Then there's the bottoms-up. I was thrilled to join NetApp and find the energy at the grassroots levels. And so we had teams of people who were energized, who were doing, you know, their, as I call them, pockets of good, mm-hmm. just needed a strategy. And so connecting the dots for them. So we have very active grassroots teams who come up with ideas. We already had, for example, our no meeting Fridays um, that started primarily during the pandemic because of Zoom fatigue, but we found it to be a benefit um, to have this time to be more focused. Um, Those teams have come up with, let's go one step further and we're gonna use our no meeting Friday to invest in ourselves and make it a learning period of time. So very orchestrated uh, learning time, learning space. So so things like that, they come out of our grassroots teams as well as having the strategy from the top down. And the other thing that, that we did this past year was to refresh our values. So NetApp has, has we're actually celebrating our 30th year this year coming. And we've been very successful yet we're still evolving. And so we didn't want to just toss out what got us here, but we refreshed the values to call out some of the areas in which we're evolving. And one of those five values is building belonging. So we've taken the position that every day we make a choice. Every day it's a choice among our leaders and leaders are at every level to build belonging within the organization. And what does that look like? That is a choice to be a visible champion of diversity that's making room 
for other voices and helping them to be heard. And then it's embedding inclusion at each and every step of a decision, each and every part of the employee experience. It's taking that pause and thinking about how do I become more inclusive? So all of those are part of our efforts. Again, choice. Every day, mm -hmm. it's a choice to build belonging here at NetApp. Well, and it sounds like the the values that you speak of being refreshed are they're, they're lived values at NetApp. They're just not a list of values that, that get hung on a wall. It, it sounds like you're putting them into practice throughout the organization. Absolutely. That, so, and I'm glad you called that out um, because I want to be clear. Yes, they were refreshed. Um, oftentimes when, you know, there's a launch in an organization, um, a, a lot of fanfare, but how do you make it stick? Um, one of the things we did that I was, I was very excited to be part of, uh, we have what we call our culture champions. And so there were, there were a lot more, but we selected 30, but all of these members of the team worldwide raised their hand for a gig. So that's a, a year long commitment um, to serving as culture champions. And within that year, um, there's a variety of activities that they are leading. Um, they're interacting with executives. They're being part of our global all hands. And this is to drive missions that keep this alive. So it didn't just become, oh, here's the launch, and, you know, we rah, rah, um, and that's it. But it is keeping alive. We even have um, on one of our, our, our sites where peers can call out members of the team who are living those values mm -hmm. and salute them. Um, and we recognize them again in some of our global all hands and talk about what they're doing to live those respective values. How, how do you create the, the, I'll call it the safe place for calling out someone who may not be living the values? Yeah, well, it's an accountability issue and, and we're a work in progress. I, I can guarantee we're not getting it right every day, everywhere. Um, I often say, you know, in, in another organization, I had over 400,000 people. And on any given day, somebody was not doing something they should be doing. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's human nature. And so that's where, you know, we, we seek to have it be a learning moment. Mm -hmm. um, so building that muscle among our leaders and, and, and the people managers, especially, so that they can address those behaviors when you're not living those values. We take it as a learning moment um, to address. And, you know, we start with presuming positive intent. So mm -hmm. you, you, you didn't necessarily realize um, may not have been your intent, but here in fact is the impact of your behaviors. And let's yeah. call that out. Now, if it was intentional, that's a whole different story. <laughs> and we're going to act on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, that I've learned is that there are multiple 
dimensions, multiple definitions of diversity. In, in fact, I just learned of a new one since you and I spoke uh, a week ago, uh, neurodiversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've started to see that in relation to autism month uh, here in the month of April. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's much broader than ethnicity and gender. It includes things like neurodiversity and cognitive diversity. How does NetApp focus on these multiple dimensions of diversity? Yeah, so, so part of that um, is multifold, but one of the, I mentioned the grassroots, but, but part of that focus and that um, raising awareness and education is through our employee business resource groups. And so again, those are the grassroots, those are volunteers. Um, they have a full-time day job, but mm-hmm. they are volunteering in these organizations to partner with my team um, to help drive our strategy, but to call out some of these um, areas that they they have affinity with. And so, for example, we have um, NNBT, which is our Blacks uh, in tech organization. We have our veterans group, uh, women. Um, Luna is our Latinos and Hispanics. Um, and then NetAbled uh, is one of our newest, um, as you mentioned, when we talk about different disabilities. And mm-hmm. I'm especially um, uh, proud of that one because this is really an evolving area in the workplace. Um, and I'm using place figuratively because we have a hybrid model where we can thrive everywhere. You don't have to be in our San Jose office, for example. But this is, this is still evolving where that stigma um, of having uh, uh, different abilities Um, of having disabilities that may not be visible. Um, People tend to feel comfortable accommodating physical disabilities Mm -hmm. now. Uh, There was a period of time um, that was not the case. I I was one of the attorneys who actively worked on the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, That wasn't always the case. But now uh, this evolving respect for those who are challenged Um, and and including mental illness. We are now um, more sensitive, mindful, more empathetic, Mm -hmm. um, and and that's an emerging area in the workplace. Yeah, I think as you were talking earlier, the, the evolution of going from diversity to diversity and equity, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and now diversity, equity and inclusion and belonging, mm-hmm. um, I think our our view of these dimensions of diversity is changing as well. Now, before we wrap up, I, I do want to talk a little bit about results. Yeah. You've been at NetApp for just over a year. I'd love to know what you've seen. As we said in the opening, data is the North Star That's for right. NetApp. What have been some of the results? Yeah, we are data specialists. <laughs> we regularly review our data. Um, we that then informs what changes we make. So we started out this year as in, in despite acknowledging there are many, many dimensions of difference 
um, and we are uh, we are working to be inclusive across the board with all those differences. We did set specific goals um, around gender, so our aspiration to have gender balance in the organization, and we measure and report that monthly um, with an eye towards an annual uh, overall goal that -hmm. will lead to our ultimate ambition of gender balance. Um, Similarly, we have underrepresented groups as defined here in the U.S. around Blacks, Latinos, Native Americans in particular. And so we set goals to increase that representation and report regularly. That said, uh, we've made the progress um, for this year uh, with respect to those underrepresented groups. We have made progress in hiring, um, especially around women and um, at the VP level, especially because we know the importance of role modeling in the organization. Um, And we still have a lot more work to do to retain women. The market is hot right now. There's a very aggressive talent market and we're all competing uh, for that talent, especially in the tech industry. And so despite what you're hearing about the great resignation, there is a lot of hiring going on. And that's the work that we have to continue um, to retain our team members in order to build those numbers. Well, Jerry, as you know, we are all about action here on Status Go. And it sounds like NetApp is also all about action. What are one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today. Yeah. So education, education, education. Um, and and I, I don't say that lightly. Um, you all you often hear, um, you know, many companies have introduced and including us training on unconscious bias because it is unconscious. But we all have biases, good, bad or indifferent. So let's educate ourselves on a host of things we We encourage the use. We've invested in LinkedIn Learning. Um, There's so much rich content there uh, that we can all learn from. Um, I greatly encourage just the basics. Educate yourself to have an understanding and awareness. You know, you called out Autism Month. Be guided Mm -hmm. by some of these cultural um, and focused uh, months where you have even more content. Um, there was a great masterclass that was offered free. There's an app called Masterclass, but it, for Black History Month in February, they had a great um, uh, curated content that was offered for free. So educate yourself on these conversations around difference, on this opportunity to be better aware and supportive of your colleagues um, Mm -hmm. and acknowledge where there could be moments of exclusion and to work towards being more inclusive. So that's kind of the takeaway. Start with the education, be aware, and then commit to working on how can I show up better? How can I be more inclusive? And then the last thing I'll say about that is part of being um, more inclusive in building belonging would be 
to show up as an ally, to show up that you, in fact, have an appreciation and honor those differences and the struggles that some who are different than you may be experiencing and commit to being supportive and an ally um, in helping them to feel that they belong and to thrive in the workplace. I love that as a as a starting point for our listeners, educate, 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 and then examine where you can show up differently. I think that is fantastic advice, Jerry. And I, I want to thank you for carving out time to talk to us. One of, one of the things I love about my job as host of Status Go are the amazing people that I get to talk to and have conversations with. Uh, and I am really uh, honored to have this time to spend with you, Jerry. So thank you so very much. And thank you, Jeff. It's been my pleasure and honor as well. And keep up the great work because this is a powerful podcast. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. And I'm glad we're connected on LinkedIn. I look forward to continuing to share insights, Jerry. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tunn for Jerry Mason Hall. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.